you'll never believe what the king did to that scroll. They call that clickbait. Have you ever seen one of those attention-grabbing news headlines that just scream, click on me? Here are the 10 life hacks you need to know to get ahead in this economy. Click. She was an Olympic figure skater. See where she is now. Click. Watch this guy eat 499 hot dogs in one sitting. Click. Clickbait. Well, I think that Jeremiah 36 is a cautionary tale that should legitimately grab our attention and scandalize us. It is shockingly unbelievable what this king did to this scroll. Intrigued? Let's read it. Jeremiah chapter 36, verse 1. In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll and write on it All the words I have spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the other nations from the time I began speaking to you in the reign of Josiah till now. Perhaps when the people of Judah hear about every disaster I plan to inflict on them, each of them will turn from his wicked way. Then I will forgive their wickedness and their sin. I'll stop there for a second. The year is 605 B.C. That's the fourth year of King Jehoiakim. It's a pretty consequential year in ancient Near Eastern history. Nebuchadnezzar has won at the Battle of Carchemish and has become the king of Babylon. And he's got his eye on Judah next. Jeremiah has been a prophet for more than two decades. He's been prophesying for about 23 years. This is roughly about the same time period as last week's story, In chapter 35, when Jeremiah offered the wine to the Rechabite family, and they turned him down because they were still obeying great-grandpa Jonadab. But the people of Judah were not obeying Yahweh. They were consistently disobeying him. They were breaking his covenant. And for 23 years, Jeremiah has been a broken record about that broken covenant, and he has warned them time and time again, that they should repent or suffer the judgment of the Lord. And now, the Lord has commanded Jeremiah to write down all those things that he has been saying for the last 23 years on a scroll, probably made of papyrus, like this bookmark that Keith gave us in the youth class a few weeks ago, a scroll of papyrus. And this kind of scroll is the side-to-side kind, right? You know what I mean? It's not the up-and-down scroll. This is the side-to-side scroll, okay? And which way does Hebrew read? Anybody know? We read left to right. They read right to left. So the words will be over here on this scroll. And to read it, you would pull this way, unspool this way, and spool this way. And the words would go this direction. In columns... You read down the column, and then you spool this way, unspool this way, read the next column, and so forth. Am I saying it wrong? Okay. I practiced that just for you this week. Some of you are scrolling on your Bible device right now. Most of you are probably going top to bottom, right? Some of you might be going this direction, and if you're reading it, some of you might actually be scrolling right to left on your scroll. Jeremiah is supposed to write down, verse 2, all the words 
I've spoken to you concerning Israel, that's the northern kingdom. Judah, the southern kingdom that Jeremiah's talked about the most for 23 years. And all the other nations from the time I began speaking to you in the reign of Josiah till now. 23 years of prophecies on the scroll. Now we're not sure exactly how many words that was. Could have been like chapters 1 through 6 of Jeremiah. Some scholars think that. Those are a great summary of Jeremiah's essential message. But I tend to think it's more like Jeremiah chapters 1 through 25. Maybe even chapters 46 through 51 because because those are the words to the nations. We'll see that in a few weeks. Jeremiah was a prophet not just to Judah but to the nations. Regardless, it was a lot of words. 23 years of prophecies on the scroll. And here was the purpose of this inscripturating of them. To once again invite the people of Judah to repent. Did you see that in verse 3? Perhaps. When the people of Judah hear about every disaster I plan to inflict on them, each of them will turn, shuv, from his wicked way. Then I will forgive their wickedness and their sin. Do you hear his heart? The Lord loves to forgive. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the people of Judah would repent to to shuv, to turn from their wicked ways? Then I could forgive them. I love to forgive repentant sinners. It's my very heart. Wouldn't Wouldn't it be great if there was revival? It's not unheard of. It happened already in Jeremiah's lifetime. It happened during the reign of Jehoiakim's dad, King Josiah. When he was young, they found the book of the law when they were repairing the temple. Do you remember this story from 2 Kings? And and when they found the book of the law, they ran to show it to the king and they all tore their clothes in repentance when they realized that they hadn't been following the law. And the king started to enact reforms throughout the kingdom. Could it happen again? Let's find out. Jeremiah goes to work on making the scroll. His first step is to call in his administrative assistant, Mr. Blessing, Baruch. Look at verse 4. So Jeremiah called Baruch, son of Neriah, and while Jeremiah dictated all the words the Lord had spoken to him, Baruch wrote them on the scroll. Now we met Baruch, whose name means blessing, in chapter 32, when he put the land deed in the clay pot But that story takes place 17 years later than this one. Remember, Jeremiah jumps around. This is the first time chronologically that we meet Mr. Blessing. He's Jeremiah's long-term associate and acts kind of like an executive secretary. God gives Jeremiah the words. The word word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Jeremiah dictates the words. Baruch, write this down. Baruch writes the words on the scroll. And we have the scriptures. Now that's not how all of the scripture in your Bible came to be. But it is how the text of this scripture came to be. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Jeremiah spoke the word of the Lord to Baruch. Baruch writes it down on the scroll. Scratch, 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 scratch. And now it's time to read it in public. But Jeremiah isn't allowed out right now. 
He's apparently not allowed to go to the temple, perhaps because he just preached that famous temple sermon called the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Remember that one? They didn't like that one. Jeremiah is restricted, but God's word is not. He sends Mr. Blessing out to read it instead. Verse 5. Then Jeremiah told Baruch, I am restricted. I cannot go to the Lord's temple. So you go to the house of the Lord on a day of fasting and read to the people from the scroll the words of the Lord that you wrote as I dictated. Read them to all the people of Judah who come in from their towns. Perhaps they will bring their petition before the Lord and each will turn from his wicked ways. For the anger and wrath pronounced against this people by the Lord are great. It's worth a try. Perhaps they will, these people will repent. They will shuv. They'll turn from their wicked way and the Lord will forgive them. He would love to do that. It's in his heart. He is holy. If they do not turn, the city will burn, and rightly so. But he's not just holy. He's amazingly gracious. He's a wonderful, merciful Savior to all who turn to him. Now, when we get to chapter 45 of Jeremiah, there's this really short chapter that tells us how Baruch felt about this assignment. He wasn't too keen to go on this ministry trip, but he did. Look at verse 8. Baruch, son of Neriah, did everything Jeremiah the prophet told him to do. At the Lord's temple, he read the words of the Lord from the scroll. Here's how it happened, verse 9. In the ninth month of the fifth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, a time of fasting before the Lord was proclaimed for all the people in Jerusalem and those who had come from the towns of Judah. From the room of Jemariah, son of Shaphan, the secretary, which was in the upper courtyard at the entrance of the new gate of the temple, Baruch read to all the people at the Lord's temple the words of Jeremiah from the scroll. This is December of 605 B.C. It's about nine months later. Jeremiah and Baruch have finished the scroll, and they found the perfect time to read it. This is a time of fasting. We don't know exactly why. Perhaps it was just one of the feasts, uh, one of the special times of worship, fasting, not a feast, it's a fast. Perhaps because Nebuchadnezzar had come knocking on the door. Regardless, the people had gathered in Jerusalem and are worshiping at the temple. They are fasting. If anything prepares you to hear the word of the Lord, it's this. And Baruch brings the scroll and he climbs up to the upper courtyard at the entrance of the new gate and he stands in the window. Becomes like his pulpit, right? Maybe there's a little balcony there. He's outside of the rooms of Jemariah, son of Shaphan. And he begins to read. Here's what Jeremiah 1 says. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and so forth. Maybe it sounded almost exactly like that, except in Hebrew. <laughs> he reads it out. And then he reads. And he keeps reading. 23 years of prophecies he reads to them from the scroll. Notice here that these are both the words of the Lord and the words of Jeremiah. It's not one or the other, it's both. 
That's how scripture works, right? Like we just proclaimed in our EFCA statement of faith, we believe that God has spoken through the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, through the words of human authors. It's both and, not either or. Obviously, the Lord's inspiration is more important than the human contribution, but they are both inextricably there. And the big dramatic moment has arrived. Will there be revival? Baruch reads the prophecy of Jeremiah for the first time, and the people hear it being read. Let's make that point number one of three this morning. Roy, would you give me the PowerPoint? Up there. Thank you. Hear God's word. Listen to the word of the Lord. Our God is a speaking God. He loves to communicate. He, he, he tells us who he is and what he's doing in the world. We don't have to wonder. He's communicated through nature. All nature sings and round me rings the beauty of the spheres. But he's spoken even more clearly in his inscripturated word. He's inspired the authors of the Bible with his message and they have faithfully conveyed it to you and me. Hear the word of God. Now that means read it, of course. I'm amazed at how many people who claim to be followers of Jesus do not really read their Bibles. We believe this is the written word of God. Why wouldn't we read it? Are you reading your Bible? What's your plan? It doesn't have to look the same way for all Christians. It doesn't have to look the same way for any one Christian from year to year. But all Christians should be reading their Bibles. Some Christians don't even know where their Bible is. If I were to ask you where you are at in your Bible, I hope you wouldn't say, I don't even know where my Bible is. Let's do this right now. Write down on your notes where you are in your Bible right now. Go ahead, write down where you are at in your personal Bible reading right now on your notes. Some of you will have to say, Jeremiah 36, because this is the amount of Bible you're taking in right now as a Christian. I'm so glad you're here, because you're hearing the word of God. Some of you learn a lot better by listening than you do by reading. That's fine. There are so many ways to listen to the Bible now. You can get an app on your phone and have the Bible read to you by different people. Different sounds. Some with music behind it to help focus you. Others just, just the words. A female voice, a male voice. Different voices interacting with one another. It's all out there. You just have to get it and use it. My pastor, Pastor Kerry, listens to the Bible while he walks around his neighborhood. He's focusing on the Gospels this year, just going through them again and again and again, listening. What a great idea. The point is to hear the Word of God, to get into the Word and have the Word get into you. And not just to have it read over you, but to listen 
to truly hear what God is saying. That day, there was a man who heard the message loud and clear. His name was Micaiah. Look at verse 11. When Micaiah, son of Jemariah, the son of Shaphan, heard all the words of the Lord from the scroll, he went down to the secretary's room in the royal palace where all the officials were sitting. Elishama the secretary, Deliah son of Shemaiah, Elnathan son of Achbor, Jamariah son of Shaphan, Zedekiah son of Hananiah, and all the other officials. It's like a little leadership team meeting going on, a little cabinet meeting. And Micah bursts in the door. He says, guys, you've got to hear this. And he gives them the gist of the message that he has just heard read by Mr. Blessing over the gate. Verse 13. After Micaiah told them everything he had heard from Baruch, he had heard Baruch read to the people from the scroll, all the officials sent Jehudi, son of Nethaniah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Cushi, to say to Baruch, bring the scroll from which you have read to the people and come. So Baruch, he just swallows, right? Gulp. I gotta go now. Baruch, son of Neriah, went to them with the scroll in his hand. You see how it's all about the scroll? They said to him, sit down, please, and read it to us. So Baruch read it to them. Second reading. I think he reads all the way through 23 years of prophecies. And of course, what it says shouldn't be news, right? Jeremiah has been saying these things out loud for 23 years, but this day there's something different. It's written down. It's here on the scroll. It's kind of like that day when they discovered the book of the law in the temple. This scroll has it all in one place, all 23 years, and Mr. Blessing is reading it to them, and they are hearing it. Have you ever heard the word of God? I mean, really heard it. He spoke to you. It came alive to you in the moment. You felt the burden of it. You felt the weight of it. You felt the glory of it. The seriousness of the word of God. These guys were really hearing it. They were looking at each other. What he was reading. And their hearts were sinking. Or maybe they were soaring. Maybe this is the moment when revival finally breaks out in Judah. Verse 16, when they heard all these words, they looked at each other in fear and said to Baruch, we must report all these words to the king. You feel it? They were. We're going to make this application point number two. Fear God's word. By that, I mean take it seriously. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And if we properly fear the Lord, then of course we're going to tremble at his word. Now, I'm not sure if this fear that these guys have in verse 16 is fear of God or fear of the king. It might be both. They're frightened of what the king is going to think about this scroll. And they should be frightened by what the scroll says the Lord is going to do if they do not repent. Either way, they know that they need to act. And act now. First, they make sure that they understand what the scroll actually is. Verse 17. Then they ask Baruch, tell us, how did you come to write all this? Did Jeremiah dictate it? Yes. 
Baruch replied. He dictated all these words to me, and I wrote them in ink on the scroll. Then the official said to Baruch, You and Jeremiah, go and hide. Don't let anyone know where you are. We don't want to know where you are. Plausible deniability. This is explosive stuff. We have to take it to the king, but we don't know how he'll respond. I think they want him to respond well. They seem to be waking up and leaning towards repentance. Maybe they want revival. They certainly don't want Jeremiah to get blowback. Verse 20. After they put the scroll in the room of Elishama the secretary, they went to the king in the courtyard and reported everything to him. King Jehoiakim, you've got to know what happened today. There's this guy named Mr. Blessing, and he read out all the words, 23 years of prophecy from Jeremiah, and it's all written down on a scroll. And you won't believe what the king did to the scroll. Verse 21. The king sent Jehudi to get the scroll. And Jehudi brought it from the room of Elishama the secretary and read it to the king and all the officials standing beside him. Third reading. All the way through. It was the ninth month, December. And the king was sitting in the winter apartment with a fire burning in the fire pot in front of him. Whenever Jehudi had read three or four columns of the scroll, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, the king cut them off with a scribe's knife and threw them into the fire pot until the entire scroll was burned in the fire. How brazen, how shocking, how wicked, how foolish, how damnable. I feel sorry for Jehudi, don't you? He has to read the whole thing. And every few columns, the king says, stop. He takes out his Swiss army, takes out his pen knife. It's called a scribe's knife because the scribe would use this knife to kind of sharpen his quill, sharpen his stick to dip in the ink to write. Now he takes his knife and he saws off the papyrus and throws it in the fire. Now he doesn't just pick the whole thing up and toss it in the fire like that. That would have been dramatic. But he doesn't do that. He, he listens to the whole thing being read to him. He has the whole thing read and he cuts it piece by piece and then he throws it piece by piece into the flames. He does the exact opposite of what you and I should do with God's word. He does not fear it. Verse 24, the king and all his attendants who heard all these words showed no fear, nor did they tear their clothes. They're laughing. His, his buddies are like, ah, you go, Jehoiakim, show them. Oh, do another one. Yeah. 
Even though Elnathan, Deliah, and Jebariah urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. Instead, the king commanded Jaramiel, a son of the king, Sariah, son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, son of Abdeel, to arrest Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet. But the Lord had hidden them. This is truly scandalous. There's no revival that day. There's no reading and heeding the word of God. There's just cutting the word of God and burning the word of God. Not fearing the word of God. How frightful. Instead of tearing his clothes and repenting, he tore the scriptures and burned them. I wouldn't want to be in Jehoiakim's shoes, would you? But how often do we do something similar when we cut out of our minds the parts of the Bible we don't like? Some people do that with the Old Testament, right? They cut it off from the new. But you can't understand the new without the old as it fulfills it. And some people cut out the parts with miracles in it. Try to make it just a rational, ethical document. They just want the teachings. Thomas Jefferson did that. He cut up his Bible and took out all the parts that he did not believe. Maybe we don't throw it in the fire, but we all have parts of the Bible that we black out in our minds, if not cut out physically. Maybe it's the part that tells us what to do with sex and marriage. One man and one woman united for life. Sex in that covenant and only in that covenant. Maybe it's the part that tells us what to do with our words. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Maybe it's the part that tells us what to do with the poor. Act justly. Love mercy. Maybe it's the part that tells us what to do with our enemies. Love them. Maybe it's the part that tells us that there's only one way. One way and only one way. To get to God. We might not be so brazenly disrespectable, disrespectful as Jehoiakim, but we are all tempted to cut out the parts of God's word that we don't want to hear. Which ones are you tempted to cut out? Fear the word of God. Tremble. Take these words seriously, especially the threats. Because God keeps all of his promises. Always, including the promises of danger. God is deadly serious, and so should we be. He preserves Jeremiah and Baruch. They are hidden from the wrath of the king. But no one will hide the king from the wrath of the Lord. Verse 27. After the king burned the scroll containing the words that Baruch had written at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, take another scroll and write on it all the words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, burned up. Also, tell Jehoiakim, king of Judah, this is what the Lord says, you burn that scroll. And said, why did you write on it that the king of Babylon would certainly come and destroy this land and cut off both men and animals from it? Therefore, this is what the Lord says about Jehoiakim, king of Judah. He will have no one to sit on the throne of David. 
His body will be thrown out and exposed to the heat by day and the frost by night. I will punish him and his children and his attendants for their wickedness. I will bring on them and those living in Jerusalem and the people of Judah every disaster I pronounced against them because they have not listened. Jehoiakim's not going to get away with this. If the king thinks that he can just cut off God's word, the king will find that he will be cut off as well. He will find himself unloved, unmourned, unburied, and frozen in the street. So much for warming himself with the scriptures as home heating fuel. God's word will not be stopped. Here's how we put it for application point number three and last. Cheer God's word. Rejoice that God's word is unstoppable. I don't know if Jehoiakim thought that he could somehow stop God's threats from coming true just by cutting up and burning his words, but it doesn't work that way. And it never will. The Lord says that he will still do everything that he said he would do, and he remembers all of it. And Jeremiah remembers all of it too. So in verse 28, he tells Jeremiah to write it down again, and in verse 32, he does. So Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to the scribe Baruch, son of Neriah. And as Jeremiah dictated, Baruch wrote on it all the words of the scroll that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and many similar words were added to them. I love that part. The Lord threw in some more words. Oh yeah, and say this too. And then and say this too. And now we have the whole book. All 52 chapters of Jeremiah, which we will soon have read and studied in the course of a year. God's word is indestructible. Throughout the centuries, God's enemies have tried to destroy it, but they always end up losing. In fact, many times when they try to stop the Bible from being distributed, the Bible gets multiplied and reaches more people than ever before. It's an unstoppable book. I read this week in Fox's Book of Martyrs about a man who tried to buy up all the Bibles, translate it in English, and stop them from being distributed. He too was Bible-burning kind of person. And he sent someone to get all the Bibles of William Tyndale, from Tyndale himself. Do you think that Tyndale would sell his Bibles so they would get burned? He did. He said, yeah. Okay, go ahead, take these. Then I'll have the money to get out of debt and print some more. I have some corrections I want to make to make the new translations even better. And people will be incensed that you incinerated these Bibles, so they'll buy more of them from me. And in the end, there were more Bibles than ever before. It's an unstoppable book. Three cheers for the Bible. Hip, hip, hooray. But don't just cheer it on. Read it for yourself. Hear it. Take it to heart. Open up the pages and take it deadly seriously, including the warnings. J.I. Packer once said that Jehoiakim's burning of God's word was like getting out of a car to destroy the bridge out sign. Done at your own peril. The word of God calls us to repent, to shuv, to turn. We ignore it at our own peril. 
But if we truly take it seriously, then we will experience revival. And you'll never believe what the king might do if we believe in the words of the scroll.